What's going on, everybody? We made it. We're here. Happy Tuesday, episode 54 of the Dynasty Mafia podcast. Couldn't be more happier to be here for this episode tonight, as I got with me, as always, my good man, Keenan. But we also have a special guest. The cat. The cat. Uh, yeah, my, my cat. She doesn't want to get out of the way here, as she's also ruining my, my entry here, my... Inter- my uh, introduction and everything for me here. Now she's got me flustered. Well, we got a great guest today. Uh, Jeremy Popolares, why don't you introduce yourself after I did to introduce yourself? Tell the people who you, you are. Buddy. You are struggling. <laughs> on the struggle bus. But yeah, no, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Pope's FFH. Uh, pretty much a lot of Twitter content there. Write articles over at FTN, uh, Sports Gambling Podcast. And you know, just on Twitter, you know, roaming the streets of Twitter, creating chaos. Yeah, if you are uh, have been with us for a while now, you guys recognize Jeremy. He is definitely our most celebrated guest. Uh, so I don't feel too bad about ruining that introduction. I've I've done it yeah. a few times now, <laughs> but I, I will still blame blame my. Guy. I'll give you an A plus for the name. Most people, you know, always butcher that. So. Oh, dude, I can't even spell it. You, you'd love me. <laughs> oh, right. one, of those, one of those nice Italian names. Sprinkle right? it. Uh, Keenan, how are you tonight, buddy? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, good. Watching a little bit of basketball here. Uh, watching uh, my Warriors dominate the, my Mavs, uh, my two favorite teams that I liked watching this year. So um, both very good teams. Um, but, yeah, I'm doing well, man. I'm happy to. Happy to be on with Pope. You know, I haven't seen Pope in a in a while, but um, I'm ready to rock this show, man. Let's do it. Yeah, it's going to be a great show, and a big reason we do have him on. We're going to keep talking rookies. Uh, it's that time of the year. You got startups uh, that are really getting into the thick of it, uh, and you also got OTAs that just started. And I will stress OTAs, optional training activities. Let's remember that first word: optional. That is a big thing, especially when you're getting worried or having your trade talks or people are coming at you talking about uh, negative things towards a player. Don't worry too much about that. But uh, again, we are getting into the OTAs. We are getting into startups. We have Jeremy here to talk about the rookies. We're going to give you a lot of good information about the deeper rookies, the two, the three, the fourth round players, maybe even some fifth round players that uh, if you go that far, uh, that really could impact your team either this season or the following season. Because uh, as much as we, we look at this draft as we started out, guys, it, it really wasn't, uh, I think, on the outside seen as a really good draft. It was in between last year's class and it's in between next year's class. And some people just really started to forget this year. And I don't know, the <laughs> drafts, I've, I think I've realized I kind of like a lot of players. No, you like the landing spot. Which in turn leads me to like the players. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think the landing spot has helped a lot of players. I uh but I found myself – we've done two drafts so far, and I found myself not caring after the second round just because <laughs> just because I'm like, uh, is this player going to do anything or is this – I don't know. I just didn't – I didn't find this draft exciting at all. Um, maybe it's because we did the drafts a little earlier than I like to do them because you, you two like to do your drafts, you know, at midnight after the draft after after the NFL draft is over, let's start. Yeah, we let's start, start right the first yeah. round. Let's go. So um, my off season started four months ago, so I didn't need yeah. to wait. But um, I I don't know. I just found myself not caring after the second round. But then 
as players started dropping, I'm like, huh, I kind of like this player. And then I pulled some trades, you know, not, not ma- nothing, nothing major, just like move up like a slot or two to grab a guy that I thought would make an impact. Um, the kid from um, Houston, what, what can I think of his name? The running back. Um, Pierce. Yeah. Oh, Damian Pierce. I read a lot of good things about him and I think he can potentially be their RB one there. All he has to do is beat out Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. And I think, Pope can beat them out. So well, you could be previewing the night <laughs> so, a little bit, Keenan. That so. Pierce may but, be a, a popular name we speak about later in the episode. But I, uh, but my point was, my point was, I wasn't excited, but then I got excited when he dropped in the later third round in one of the one of the, one of the drafts. Yeah, I think it's all about value for a lot of these players because a lot of these players are replaceable once you get outside the first round. They all could definitely be replaced next year, like Anthony had said. You know, next year's class is way deeper. So. Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of like uh, this classic, kind of like a little hole-in-the-wall restaurant. You know, you go find yourself in the middle of a rainstorm, and you got to go stop, and this is the only restaurant there, but you sit down and you find yourself the best meal you've ever had in your life. It's one of those right-place, right-time situations, just like Keenan said with a few of these players. Uh, so uh, we do have a lot to, to talk about tonight. Uh, we're probably going to ramble a bit, too, because that's just, again, what happens when you have someone like Jeremy on here. And, again, for those of you who were not listening – this man loves the rookies. This man is very big into college tape. So there aren't many people out there uh, that do grind more than him. So please do not take his words lightly. Um, with that being said, did you guys know that Jalen Hurts is the godfather of A.J. Brown's daughter? When was That's she born? I don't know that. In the last couple years, probably. (laughs) I I didn't know that, but I find it creepy that you do know that. Does that change? That's happened a couple of years ago, you know, and now they're together. Oh, yeah. No, it didn't happen in the last couple months. They were actually best friends. They were before the trade even happened. And Hmm. when I found that out, my likeness for A.J. Brown went up. Did that change you guys at all? Your your likeness for A.J. Brown went up because he was – the godfather of Jalen Hurts' daughter? I believe in <laughs> chemistry. And if you are very good friends with someone, you know, Keenan, it's like, you know, roommates in college. You want a roomie with your best friend, right? It can either go real south or it can be a match made in heaven. How'd it go for I you? I can tell you a good friend of ours, Matt Keen, I can never live with that kid again. And I <laughs> flat out tell him that. Absolutely not. The guy's a pig. But beyond that, there are other friends like, you know, my other friend, Matt, who I could certainly live with. At any point in time, and that's where I feel like I'm going with AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts. Where he's got Devonta Smith, whom he loves, and AJ Brown, whom he loves. I don't know. I think it's a match made in heaven for these guys. I was already, I wasn't very down on AJ Brown when this happened, but um, apparently also, it didn't swindle any swindle any needle for you guys. He was just, to, just a little fun fact for the day. Brown was trying to recruit Hurts on his old Miss visit, and they became. Ooh. That's how they became friends. So you're talking five years now that they've yeah. been friends. If so, probably even longer. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, see, I mean, that's before Devonta Smith. I mean, Jalen Hurts can't be that much worse than Ryan or Ryan Tannehill. So I think AJ Brown's gonna be <laughs> all right. You know. Yeah, that's a very fair assessment. Uh, so maybe we should dive into our news and notes uh, because that's what's going to get us talking a little bit about some startups uh, and some dynasty talk and, and into our rookies. So let's run through these. I mentioned OTAs have begun. Do you guys – do you pay attention at all? Do you care who's there, who's not there? Um, does it bother you, Jeremy? I think sometimes it, it's important to note. You know, I, I know they're optional, but 
you know, good team chemistry or good team players tend to show up unless they have a valid excuse, you know, like, you know, Kyler Murray, for example, is not there, you know, like he's in a contract negotiation. It's a little interesting, a little noteworthy that he's not there. You know, he's not really putting that effort forth. He's kind of saying, hey, pay me. Let's get this deal done. So it's a little noteworthy, but like I'm not over here like, oh, okay, Kyler Murray's not playing this year. Let's cash out. You know, like it's just interesting. I like to monitor it. You know, we're seeing some of these guys, you know, Travis Etienne's a full go at OTAs or anything like that. You know, injury guys that are bouncing back. Robert Woods was interesting to see, you know, some of the videos coming out from him just to see where they're at in these standpoints of like their rehab and injury recovery timelines. So, but. Okay. That makes some sense to me, you know, and you actually, well, Keenan, hold on. Let me just, let's have Keenan's uh, quick opinion. And then I want to get back to that, Jeremy. <laughs> He's okay. All right. That's all you know. He's frozen or he doesn't care? No, he he doesn't care, I think. So you mentioned – What was the the question? (laughs) And if you care much about OTAs. I don't care um, at all. As far as fantasy. Yeah, I don't care at all. I just – I gave our buddy uh, Chris Schmidt some hard time about Poyer, but nothing (laughs) fast-related. But I I really don't care. I – it So – Sorry, I'm just not to interrupt you there. I I wanted to – as you don't care, I want to see if you care about this part. Jeremy's okay. talking about Kyler Murray not being there. That's probably the biggest issue. Now you that's have. where I care. Yeah. When your well, quarterback is when well, I mean, if you're outside of fantasy, if you're trying to win, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, like imagine Josh Allen not showing up to OTAs today in Buffalo. But like fantasy wise, I don't care. Kyler Murray's still gonna put up great numbers no matter if he shows up to OTAs or not. So what about the people connected to him? Like Hollywood Brown, a brand new player who's probably there. And Kyler's not, and who knows how long this could last. Does Hollywood, does a player like him, does that worry you at all? That maybe you're not going to go buy him, or or do you think that chemistry might still get developed in training camp or whatever they get it taken care of? I think they still have plenty of time to develop that chemistry. Um, but I don't think that chemistry, no matter, even if he showed up at OTAs today, I don't think that chemistry just, just, you know, just clicks um, right, right away. I think it takes a year or so before you know you're. 100% in sync. But you also see these players doing off off the off the um off the field stuff like yeah, private like, exercise. Yeah, private stuff by themselves without coaches and stuff like that. So I, I mean, I I don't think I don't think um chemistry has to be developed on the football field. Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen they said they developed uh chemistry playing Xbox because COVID hit and they couldn't really, you know, see each other and all that. So they developed and Stefan Diggs had a Fabio's here in Buffalo that first season. So I'm not, cool. I'm not I'm not really worried about it. All right. That's good to hear. Speaking of Xbox, Keenan. Yes. The Pro Bowl. They're talking uh, about getting rid of it, man. Don't care about that either. They might be playing <laughs> might be switching to an uh, Madden tournament or something. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. I think who didn't someone do that already? Uh, I know somebody people like some players have hosted like Madden tournaments. I think it'd be or, cool. I know like they that. did it, they did it during the COVID year. Yeah, they, they didn't do the Pro Bowl. They did it during. I think Allen played or someone played, but no. You know why the Pro Bowl's going? It's not going to be around because NFL's not making money off it. Yeah. They're probably they're probably losing money. It's, oh yeah, it's just a stupid. It's might as well be flag football. It'd be more entertaining. Yeah, Roger Goodell's not doing a good job. He's got to figure that part out. Uh, but speaking of Roger Goodell, he did mention actually about uh, an hour or so before we came on the pod that the Deshaun Watson investigation is quote unquote. 
uh, near completion. So do you guys on the Deshaun Watson front, does that, I don't know what your anticipations were already for any type of suspension uh, or for the year, but how are you looking at him for dynasty? Are you looking at him as if he's starting week one? Uh, are you looking at him as if he does have a suspension and you don't care? Keenan, why don't you? I definitely don't care if he has a suspension for dynasty. Um, his value to me is the same. He's still a young quarterback. That's going to be great for years to come. Um, yeah. You might, might be missing him for four to six to eight weeks, whatever the suspension is. But I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not selling him low because he's getting suspended. And I'm not. And I mean, I'm trying to buy him low. If someone wants to sell him low to me, but um, yeah, his value to me is still top five quarterback in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think the value should change. It shouldn't weigh your needle really in any direction. I mean, it's been built into his cost for a while now. Is this suspension? I mean, he didn't yeah. even play all last year. You know, like. And he was impossible to trade for back then. Yeah, the cost has never changed. You know, back then they still garnished what he was worth, you know, a top five to top 10 quarterback for fantasy. You know, like his values never changed because everybody knows what Keenan just mentioned. You know, he's a young quarterback who has proven he's a top five quarterback for fantasy. So, yeah, I I anticipate him to miss most of the season. um, Most? The whole season. Really? I anticipate that. I've heard that there's a lot of things that it's been going to be pretty heavy. Um, but I've also heard things that it's not. So I, I think six to ten seems about right. But it's he's probably not going to be very viable for you for fantasy this year, unless it's obviously like we mentioned. If, if it's Tom shorter, Brady, if Tom Brady gets suspended for four games for taking some air out of a ball, yeah, I'm, but they don't care. That's Tom Brady. Yeah, Robert yeah. Kraft probably owns <laughs> half the NFL. We just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, I just I don't know. You know, I mean, like we've said, we've seen some crazy suspensions and some not. You know, so. It's hard to know where he's going to go, but like I've said, I've I've heard some heavy stuff, so kind of so, anticipating to be heavy. So if it's not, I'd be surprised. I, and I'm just glad. Yeah. Good for I'm, fantasy, I guess. Yeah, it, that's my point. That was I was going to say fantasy related outside of off the field stuff. Whatever whatever happened happened. I we don't really know. We're not going to get into it, but I'm glad as a fantasy player, this is over with. Um, yeah. We we can move on with him being a fantasy football player. Um, Whatever happened in his personal life happened, but that's that's it. All right, that's fair. Uh, one of the former Browns, Jarvis Landry, found a home in New Orleans. Uh, we heard some information on Michael Thomas potentially uh, having a setback, and he might, you know, miss some, a little bit more time. So now we have Jarvis Landry in there. We have Chris Olave coming drafted as a rookie. Uh, how do you guys feel about Jarvis Landry for fantasy purposes? Is is that a player you could see being a wide receiver too? Do you think he's one of Jameis's top options? I'll say he's probably three, two upside, obviously, in a PPR format just because of what he does, which is just get open separation, short little kind of dump offs. I think it gets boosted if Kamara misses time, another guy who's looming with a suspension just because of the easy outs that they would send in Kamara's direction. We'll probably go to Landry just because um, Kamara wouldn't be there. So I could see that. Uh, but I'm not super sold on Jarvis. I think he's a good value, probably where you can get him. Depends on a cost, but I think he could be a decent one-year kind of plug-and-play flex guy or bi-week kind of fill-in. Yeah, it's a one-year $3 million deal. Would you pay a second for Jarvis Landry? Not on a contending year's, team. Not this year's no. second, but, maybe. Not, not Yeah, if, you're, if you still haven't had your rookie draft this year, yeah. sure. Right. Okay. But if you've had your rookie draft, now you're talking 23, even 24, probably not. 
not worth it. I mean, it's fair. It's tough because like the whole point is to win, but like you're yeah. giving up a lot of value to get a guy that might be a wide receiver too. You know, there's a big might in front of that. I you I uh, think. Yeah. Go ahead, Antonio. No, I was going to move on. So you you say what you need to say, and then we can. I I just think if it depends what type of offense the Saints come out with. If they come out with the offense that they had when Sean Payton was the coach, where they let Jameis Winston throw down the field, and I was actually trying to look up, I'm trying to compare Baker's Baker Mayfield's stats compared to Jameis Winston's stats to see how many times um, each team threw the ball, because I think depending on the type of offense. And if they do, you know, throw the ball 30-plus times, which Jameis Winston really didn't do that before he got hurt, but um, I think he, he has a chance to be a wide receiver too um, just because Baker Mayfield really did struggle last year um, completing the ball down the field. And, and the Cleveland Browns were more of a run-heavy offense. Um, so now if he comes into an offense where – they have Kamara, who's able to catch the ball out of field. They have Chris Olave. They have Michael, uh, hopefully a healthy Michael Thomas, and they have a Jar- Jarvis Landry. And they come out gunslinging with Jameis Winston because we've seen Jameis Winston be able to throw the ball down the field. Yes, he's thrown you know a lot of interceptions, but um, if they do come out gun slinging the ball around, I think you have a you, you have yourself a steal, and possibly in Jarvis Landry, you have yourself a steal where he can be that wide receiver too, just based on the offense that they might run. If that makes sense, I'll take it, man. I'll take it. We'll see what Jarvis can do um, in Jameis's new system and whatever the heck New Orleans tries to figure out post shot Payton era. You know, you know what my bold prediction is? They're going to win a division this yeah. year. Well, so let's say MT does. Well, I mean, it's probably going to rest a lot onto him, but before we move real quick, are you paying a first this year for Michael Thomas? Probably not. Or if, if so, how high would you go? Not a top five for sure. You'd pay a top five this year? No, I wouldn't. Not, not, a, oh. not, a top, not a top five for sure. Yeah, I'd um, say. So I guess we'd rather have Chris Olave or Michael Thomas. If, yeah, <laughs> if, I, if I was to pay a first, it'd have to be like nine or later. Okay, but I'm, not, I'm not really looking to do it just because. Once the top four, is he actually hurt at this point? Do you know what I mean? How many setbacks can a guy have? He's had setbacks for what two years now. Dude, he's like is Ben it, Simmons. Is it? Is he? Is he having setbacks, or is it just he doesn't want to play in New Orleans anymore? You know, like what is? What's yeah, we could find out a surprise trade. You know, that'd be real interesting. Real interesting if he goes somewhere like you know Green Bay or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'd rather take um, my shot, like you said, Olave, someone who's going to play this year. I'll take a shot at them. You know, I mean, MT is supposed to play, but with a setback, you know, that yeah, lasted all year last year. So, I uh, run through a few more things here quick. Let me know if you guys want to talk about it. Kenneth Walker not likely to play on third down. Uh, former Chiefs running back Darrell Williams signs with Arizona. Uh, for what it's worth, Mahomes did vouch to retain him. Uh, Rams coach, head coach Sean McVay said he really wants OBJ back on our team. And Kyle Shanahan confirmed that Jimmy Garoppolo surgery halted some trade talks. Rashad Bateman said it's time for him to take the reins as Baltimore's number one ride receiver. <laughs> and uh, as as Jeremy had mentioned earlier, Etienne will be a full go for OTAs. Anything out of all that I listed you guys care to talk about? Oh, and Antonio Gibson's workload is going to be quote, I think, unquote, unpredictable. I think that's the most important thing you got to talk about. Yeah, the one I forgot. First, first things first, 
Mahomes vouching for running backs hasn't gone well <coughs> so far. So well, just gonna say? say that. I said Mahomes vouching for running backs hasn't gone so so well so far. So, I honestly I thought <laughs> he said, I thought he took Hilaire's job this past postseason. Who? Um Darrell Williams. He did basically. I know that's what I'm saying. I thought I thought I thought I thought well, Clyde Edwards Hilaire fantasy value was done. Yeah. What, what I'm saying is, is Mahomes vouched for CEH, and then he's vouching for Daryl Williams. Yeah. And if he's vouched for CEH first, I don't know yeah. if I'm hoping Mahomes can project running back production. So, yeah, yeah but, and that's I don't know. Are you concerned for James Conner? Like, is Daryl Williams? He had over a thousand yards last year, eight total touchdowns. Is that someone like that you could worry about more than Chase Edmonds? No, I'm worried for James Conner and his own health. <laughs> You know, if he stays healthy, he'll be fine. You know. Yeah. Same thing to you, Keenan. Yeah, yeah I agree with Paul there. All right. Well, you mentioned Antonio Gibson's the most important thing you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, they they came out and said Ron Rivera said uh, his workload is going to be unpredictable. So they drafted Brian Robinson. They retained JD McKissick. What are you thinking about with Antonio Gibson? Is he a top ten running back still for you, Jeremy, in Dynasty? Well, that's a tough question. That's I'm going to say no. Um, I mean, he's right there. I mean, he's probably top 15. Top 10? No. Just because, like that is, that workload's very concerning, but they've also tried to replace him multiple times, and we're really keen on retaining J.D. McKissick as a pass-catching role. So, like, everything that, McKiss- that Gibson could be, kind of like was touted as being a good receiver and like learning the running back position. Like he couldn't even win that role. So like, is there talent there? Yes. But I am kind of concerned for a guy that now has to deal with Brian Robinson on a rookie contract. So three years, four years of him on top of his rookie contract, ending a year or two shorter than Robinson's and McKissick's there for another year or two. They got Jared Patterson on another rookie deal. Like there's a lot of mouths there that could kind of work into his workload and he just hasn't been overly exciting. Like he he's a game breaker at times, but he's just never found that consistency. So for me to put him at 10 is kind of hard just because of all the other players that are out there. And especially looking forward, he's definitely not going to be in the top 15 after next year. You know what I mean? Like just the the influx of youth that's probably going to come in and be ranked ahead of him is going to be pretty crazy, I think. Yeah, no, I muted you there, Keenan. If you put, don't ever mute me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> if you put Gibson in uh, in your top ten, you have to put Miles Sanders in your top ten. Same situation, great running back, hasn't showed, hasn't showed the, you know, the this burst or this game break ability like Pope said, with a lot of mouths to feed. To feed. Um, s- similar situation, um, so. That's my that's my I, take on that. I because we I, Tony, you and I, Antonio, you and I are re, are you know we love Miles Sanders, and but over the years Philadelphia has not loved Miles Sanders, and sounds like this is what's happening in Washington right now. Yeah, the biggest thing for me, I was you know looking this up uh, the other day because you know Keenan, you and I've been talking. Antonio Gibson's one of the the biggest sells for me this off season. Twenty twenty red zone oh, attempts, he had the twenty second most in the league at 29 carries touchdowns. He had nine of them. That was seventh most in the league. So nine of his 14 touchdowns were in the red zone last year, this or two years ago, last season, 43 attempts, which was six in the league. 
only 72 yards, which was 29th, and seven touchdowns, which was tied for 11th. Seven touchdowns is the only amount of touchdowns he had all year. So he had half as many touchdowns, uh, 14 more carries in the red zone, didn't get it done. And like you guys just said, retained McKissick, added Robinson. Uh, Carson Wentz, he also has his own uh, spurts of getting some rushing touchdowns. Like, I just I think Gibson's someone you have to rely on getting the touchdowns to help you because he had 258 carries last year, fourth most in the league, and the efficiency is just not there. Um, who so, would you rather have, Gibson or CEH? I personally I would rather have CEH because yeah. of the touchdowns because it's a better offense, a better opportunity, more higher uh, volume touches inside the five. Like, He's like, another who, guy that struggled inside the five, though. He did struggle, but they just got rid of his biggest competition. Yeah, they don't have Ronald really Jones, though. Which oh, they, I forgot about Ronald, Ronald Jones. Jones. Yeah, you and I were. I, I knew he'd come up eventually because you and I were talking a bit about him. I'm just saying, that. you know, what I mean, like the, the Ronald Jones is a talented running back. I mean, he's more talented than what Gibson has to deal with. You know what I mean? Personally, is I he? Think, is it? I think so. Brian Robinson isn't that great. I mean, Jared Patterson's just undersized, and JD McKissick's just good at one thing, and that's pass blocking and catching the football well, you know catching. like well, i just J- i don't know JD McKissick, I, you're, you're pretty you're pretty high ronald jones then huh i mean or I not pretty like high him. but higher I than just, most i think that he's i think i mean i still think he's a decent running back. i mean he's better than those guys that we just mentioned you know or, like or, you're telling me you'd rather brian robinson than ronald jones in any form of fantasy or even like an nfl team you know no but i ronald you know jones I mean? has like, burned me in the past and i'm not gonna do oh it. i know <laughs> I know. You know, I'm always I'm open for getting burned. Trust me, I'll just yeah. take all of them every right. time. But, I'll just keep taking it. <laughs> you asking that same question though? Would I rather have Robinson than uh, Jones? No, but it's the same answer I gave you for Ceh over Gibson. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just it's just anything. It's just tough. Anything connected to Mahomes, and now that they lose Hill, who also had rushing touchdowns. I, I wonder. You're right. Um, who's going to break that through? And Ceh's biggest issue was always third down pass blocking. Ronald Jones, why did he get over Fournette at times? Pass blocking. So, I mean, Fournette's really, really, really good at pass blocking, but in the beginning it was uh, a competition. So you're right, Jeremy. There could be some opportunity for Ronald Jones. Uh, that's going to probably solve everything. I wanted to talk about Melvin, Jor- Melvin Gordon. Whoa. ETN, uh, full goal on OTAs, huh? Oh, something else you'd like to talk about? Yeah. I mean, like I, I just think that's, I think that's newsworthy just because Robinson – and him are probably going to compete for wide receiver one or running back one. Um, yeah, I'm bullish. Pretty dead. What's yeah, that? I'm bullish. Torres, he, he told Robinson towards yeah. Achilles. I mean, I don't know really what Recently? you get out of him. Yeah, they're just last year. It was oh, uh, the, during the just, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. but I mean, I know they're talking about him trying to be ready for the beginning of the season. But I mean, Etienne did the same thing, and we saw, you know, struggle bust for him. Um, well, injury wise. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm bullish on ETN. I, I really like that they've already said that he's it's his job to lose. So, for me, ETN is is a – I love the talent, and I do think a borderline running back one is extremely possible for him this season. Uh, that doesn't need to happen with the offense. Yeah, but even if they're not, they're that doesn't need to happen to where he can't be RB, RB like an RB1, you know? By good, I mean um, six wins. We've seen, we've seen a lot of <laughs> RB1s on bad teams. Yeah. It's it's a workload. I mean, he's he's got a clear cut shot at being like the guy. You know, if if Robinson misses the first couple of weeks and ETN just explodes, like they're not going to hand it back over to Robinson. You know, so Snoop Connors, meh. You know, and then the rest of their there are just meh. My so, boy Snoop. Yeah, Yo, I'm really definitely picking. Like, 
don't mess with my man. Don't mess with my man. Let's start talking about Snoop Dogg, Keenan. Uh, no, I know. Yeah, he's Dogg. my man, too, but Snoop kind of <laughs> my man. <laughs> let's let's start getting into uh, some startups, guys. Uh, we've been talking about them going through. Uh, let's get the first question out of the way here. How many leagues are you in? A pulp, pulp is probably like at least 45. No, I cut back a lot this year. Uh, but yeah, I think it's 13 or 14. How many are dynasty? All of them. Whoa, yeah, I was not, I'm not counting you, Jess, right now. We won't count that. Well, no, I count them. Well, that's for later, that's five months from now. I mean, I'm in 13, but that's counting redraft leagues. I dynasty is a lot of work. It is. It is. It's too much work. And I there's <laughs> I have some teams that I look at and I go, oh God, I should have paid attention to this team a little bit oh, more. <laughs> I do, I'll do it all the time. And then I'm like, all right, I'll, maybe next offseason I'll, pa- I'll yeah. pass it out. <laughs> I, I'm never a person to join and get out after a year. Like, I, I've never been that kind of a person to do that. I just wanted to double check how many of these have been. Yeah, I'm in 16. 16? That's what well, Jim are pretty close. Dynasty. Yeah. So those dy- I mean, yeah, you talk about if it's redraft, it's like twenty four. But just, that's again, that's that's down. That's that's uh, doesn't count. What about best ball? I mean, was that? Oh, we don't. That definitely doesn't count. That definitely doesn't count. What best about ball FanDuel, is, What about FanDuel drafts? Oh, dude, you're at least over you know, hundred. I actually, I actually don't do a lot of DFS, and I'm, I'm thinking I might this year. Oh, I definitely. We're, we we might even maybe we should start a show. The three DFS, of us. DFS is the most frustrating props. thing. It's the most frustrating thing ever. It is. You look at it, you're like, you're watching TV, you're watching the games at one o'clock. You're like, you have two or three players going off. You're like, oh, sweet. I picked those players. You look at your DFFs lineup, the three players went off, but the other, the other four (laughs) got you, got you four points combined. (laughs) I've had some good tournament wins before, but it's, I don't, I don't wager a lot. So like I'm doing like $5, you know, tournaments or something. I think my biggest win was like 250 bucks. That was pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for for the next season. Uh, I'm excited for props. Uh, you know, gambling is becoming a bigger thing. It was legalized for us in January, so that's been pretty big for props. Um, and yeah. it'll help us get a better gauge. To be honest with you, for fantasy purposes, like I know people listening may not see it that way, but Vegas is right for a reason. Like that's that's why they're the house, and you actually can use that as a very good gauge for certain performances. I was able to do that last year. Um, to get into uh, some good weekly plays. So hopefully that's something we could do more research on in the offseason and bring that to the table for 2022. Um, so next question of do you have a cap on leagues? Uh, I would assume it's probably just whenever you get too crazy, like you just said, Jeremy, like if there's some leagues, you're like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really like – I kind of told myself I wanted to stay at like – 12 or so and that's kind of where i got down to some other leagues just folded in general like the commissioner just folded it so i got out of those and then a couple people asked i i fell into it into the trap again and uh i'm back but like 15 is probably good for me um i just do a lot of stuff obviously with this and like writing stuff that like it i get they get neglected in season because in season so busy with creating content yeah. and like articles and stuff like that, podcasts, this and that, that like I had times last year that I had a startup show or like a show before the season. And like, i missed lineups. Like I had guys started who were out just because like, I didn't have time between the end of the show and the start of kickoff. So it just, it gets a lot. So well, 15. 
Pulp setting up the excuses when I start beating them this offseason. You see that? It's because my team is bad. It's the truth, though. Like a lot of people join in the offseason forgetting how busy it can be come Sunday morning or whenever you have to do waivers for 20 leagues. And mm-hmm. that's why you'll see a lot of people that are in one year now. And, and my personal advice to anybody if you don't like to be in your league, if you're not active in your league, don't be afraid to leave it. Just leave. Just let everybody know, hey, I'm sorry. I don't have enough time for this. Get out because I'll be honest. They're going to find somebody that can be more active. They're going to find someone that's willing to do it. It is so easy these days to fill a need, uh, any <coughs> holes in your league. So, um, I mean, if you got it. Yes, sir. You try to leave my league a few times. And I'm not letting you. So, Yeah, dude's got that's ball okay. and chain locked down. <laughs> yeah, mine's supposed to start Friday, and I don't think half the league's even answered about when the draft is going to be. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for I just keep seeing the thing tick down. Just drop, I'm just ready. Drop it. Just drop the draft. I, I, my thing is I, I like to join leagues where I know more than half of the people personally. I don't like I don't like joining leagues where I don't know anyone. Um, I just like to – I mean, you guys are in a few group chats with me. I, you know, I like to, you know, talk talk crap to one another and you know, and make fun of each other. And when you don't know someone like that, that that beats half the purpose of fun. The fun part for me, you know, I I don't I'm not. I mean, I want if I win a fantasy league, yeah, that's that's good. That's all you know. That's great. That's that's a bonus to me. But to me, it's you know, enjoying enjoying a hobby with my friends. Um, so. I mean, I'm in five. I'm in five dynasty leagues, and that's with most, actually six. The one, the one I only know, Big E and and you, Antonio, and and there's like mm. fifty other people that I don't even know. Well, that um, like folded, so you're all right. It folded. Where was, sure. where was I? <laughs> if it didn't, I might be missing a lot because I think I took that off my sleeper list. Like I think I put it in my archive or whatever. Stop. Okay. I told one person that I was leaving like a free league that I got in last year. And then, yeah. like, I was on the clock, and they were all tagging me. And I was like, dude, I left this, like, four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> what are you even talking about? You should have just strapped well, it. You should have just strapped yeah. it and then left. I, uh, I'm, I'm in uh, what uh, one of the Scott Fish MFL um, leagues. I don't remember what it was Well, because I was in it. I'm not in it anymore. It's some type of a Champions League thing. But so I got a uh, – the uh, my name changed last week. Like, my team name changed to a clown and an image of a clown. And I came in last place, so I thought maybe the commissioner did it as a joke. I knew the commissioner, and he was a friend. And I messaged the group chat, and I was like, hey, did someone change my name? And nobody nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. Oh, sorry. So uh, so the draft starts, and right, right as I'm on the clock, my pick gets traded. And players are off my team. And I'm like, dude, what is happening right now? And come to find out, my team was apparently replaced like a month ago and I had a chance to renew it in February and apparently I didn't renew it. And I thought I renewed it looking at my dashboard on this website um, through, through league safe um, and uh, or safe leagues. And it didn't uh, no league safe. Well, I'm blanking. Yeah. But uh, yeah, apparently I didn't do this. So if anybody's uh, needs to renew league, so they booted you right. Dude, apparently my roster gates. So when you're not in it, like I said, how this whole tournament thing is set up or whatever um, it's like eBay for like lineups, like all these, all these empty lineups uh, will show up for vacant teams and the orphans. And you can just pick one up and hop in. Apparently my team was replaced two months ago, but nobody, no activity happened on the account on my team until the draft happened. My so question just, is how are you looking at the roster still? Cause I, it was still linked to my account apparently. So I, I don't know how that happened, but I emailed them and they said, yeah, you didn't, we 
tried three times to contact you and you didn't renew. So what did they send an aerial pigeon? It's <laughs> they should have because they sent emails that I I didn't get. Could have so could have sent you a, a message on the WhatsApp or whatever whatever. You... Dude, I don't know. Well, actually, so there's not a commissioner in that league. So the person I messaged who I thought was the commissioner was not the commissioner. They said no. It's see, uh, you got to take this it up. Is with why them. I don't join leagues like that, right there. Yeah, that's why I'm. That's why you're in too many leagues. Sometimes you don't know your rules, so make sure you know your league rules. That's another tip. If you're in many leagues, know those league rules. You don't want to find out after you draft someone that it's a point per carry league. <laughs> um, speaking of point per carry leagues, you guys ever done one? Do you like them? Do you care for a point per carry? Do you care for any leagues that are different, like uh, tight end premium or uh, deeper rosters uh, for starting lineups? Do you have a certain limit you kind of like to be comfortable in? Uh, I'm open to a lot of things. I like tight end premium. I think that's kind of fun. I feel like it's standard, like super flex tight end premium is pretty standard nowadays. Um, I mean, one that's like a 2.5 tight end premium because the guy messed up when he made the. Holy. Yeah, he messed up when he did the uh, the settings. So, like, instead, he wanted it to be 1.5, but he did premium 1.5. So it made it 2.5. So, yeah, tight ends are pretty, uh, pretty hot commodity in that league. Um, so that's pretty fun. Uh, point per carry, I don't really care for, but, you know, I'm yeah, For those who aren't sure, Titan premium leagues or just premium leagues, you get bonus on top of that traditional half or one point, you know, PPR league. If it's, you know, 0.5, then it's 1.5 per tight end catches. So it does tend to make them uh, a bit more valuable and kind of even keel all the skill positions, I guess. Supposedly. Um, supposedly I mean, I just started getting into super flex uh, tight end premium leagues. And I mean, super flex in general, I just got into within the last year or two. And the quarterback values are drastically different. Like that's that's the thing. That's my biggest fear is trading a quarterback in Superflex. I'm gonna be honest because I'm so afraid of making the trade and finding out I should have got more. Yeah, and that's and why it's like, tough because even even people just don't want to pay it sometimes. You know, like if you have people who play that don't know Superflex values, you know, like they sit there and they think, well, he's not worth that. And yeah, in a one quarterback, he ain't worth anything. But in Superflex, he's worth everything. You know, because having two starting quarterbacks or three is a very key part of Superflex. Yeah, I was just talking with someone, <laughs> and I, um, I have Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, and Justin Fields. You're talking in, to me in my Superflex. It was well, I mean, like I was talking to someone about a trade, but I was talking to Keenan about this, and it was he offered me Josh Allen for Justin Jefferson, Cam Akers, and Justin Fields. And I was like, and a fourth. Don't forget about the fourth. Well, he was giving me a fourth round pick with Allen. How nice! But, how nice of him, right? Know, it's a it's a ten team league, and that's the thing too with ten team, twelve team, fourteen, etc. The higher the players, the more valuable the quarterbacks are, because in this ten team league, well, that's only twenty quarterbacks being started. I got an option for twelve more pay, twelve more quarterbacks each week, um, or hope that there's you know less you know there's there, sorry that means that there's twelve guys dispersed among ten other people, so it's pretty easy to have a third quarterback on your team. Um, you should make that possible so you're not hurting yourself. But that also decreases the value of someone like a Josh Allen or Mahomes because they're not as valuable in a 10-team as they are on a 12-team because you could have more options at players. Um, but w- what do you think off the cuff hearing that offer, Jeremy? Is that too much or too little for Josh Allen or, or just enough? Because Justin Jefferson finished 80 points less than Josh, Josh Allen last year. And then you add Justin Fields and Cam Akers. I mean, I'm not huge on Justin Fields, so like I don't care to move him. Cam Akers is obviously concerning because of the Achilles, but that's he still looked good a in the postseason. Yeah, he looked all right. 
he it's still a lot um for even as much as i love josh allen for a guy that we really don't know like what is he going to be this year you know with ken dorsey coming in it's going to be a whole kind of a new offense like you could argue that dable kind of made josh allen good you know so like he made him good but he's not he didn't. I, I know. I, I'm not expecting him to like fall off the face of the but earth. Regression if they, is if they decide to run the ball more and they take the touches away from him in the red zone, his fantasy value is definitely going to go down. God. You know, like so. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's a lot. Like, I mean, I get it. You think it's an overpayment? He thinks it'd be a lot. Allen. I yeah. countered with I countered with Allen in 105. I, I wanted I mean, to I feel more comfortable there um, but, because I I felt well, I yeah. Sorry, I would feel you, comfortable there, but just because yeah. it, Cam Akers is still a, a high you, value. It's three player, young players you know, who are, and, are essentially looking to ascend. Here's the thing, though. You, what happens to these young players when they don't produce? Like, what if Justin Fields and Akers don't do anything this year? They're untradeable, untradeable next year. But you Absolutely. can't value them like but that. Te- but yeah, but you can know when you're getting someone like Josh Allen in a Superflex League. You're getting, well, let me clarify. You're getting one of the best – one of the best fantasy players in the league right now. So it's just Jefferson. It, Superflex, you're you're getting you're you're getting the best player in Josh Allen. Yeah, he's the one one pretty much. Who had now. the? But he also had his. Basically, he had his fifty you're, touchdown Mahomes season last year, and Mahomes has not come close to that. So I'm just saying, if Allen hit his ceiling last year, fantasy wise. If he's not getting 43 total touchdowns again, like that's where I'm only saying, is that where maybe it's, yes, he's number one. We we all agree he's 101. But if his ceiling is a little less than what he did last year, regression's coming. And, and this person and I both agreed we like fields to ascend. I feel like, I mean, the deal never got done because they felt like they weren't getting enough, but. That's in my mind, like, all right, Josh Allen to me equals Fields and Jefferson. Like, Fields and Jefferson, I think, is where you can say, all right, I'll give you Fields, I'll give you Jefferson, because you're a Fields believer. Yeah, the struggle is is if you believe in Fields, if you believe Fields is going to pan out, he'll be a top five fantasy quarterback. Exactly, because he's upside. So, like, you're you're really losing heavily. If all those players paid out, you are losing heavily getting Josh Allen. That's why I want a 105. But that's the risk that you're taking – because like Keenan said, Justin Fields could just bleh. And Cam Akers could never be Cam Akers again because of the Achilles. And all you're getting is Justin Jefferson for Josh Allen. And that's a deal I'd make. Do you know what I mean? So like right, right. But you're, that's why you can make those deals because you're getting you're, someone's willing to take on the risk that these guys are gonna pan out or not. You're so. getting a player that's that's impossible to replace. This was and this Josh was Allen. rebuild versus you're getting, you're, I don't agree with that, Keenan. I don't agree with that. You, you're not you're not replacing a Justin he, he Jeremy not, just said it Justin Fields if he gets 800 yards and eight touchdowns on the ground you're not going to be saying that but if but what happens if he doesn't you're not he trying to fight he averaged 45 yards a game last year that's going to increase and unless there's an injury knock on wood you could tell me all you want there's one thing that's consistent with quarterback play and that's the running you're, you can tell yeah. me all you want I mean, that he you're, be you're, do, hurts you're, do, over, you're yeah. doing what ifs what ifs? What I'm not ifs? doing what ifs. I'm You're telling you, what he, ifs. he performed. He was You're, fourth if, last year. Yeah, fourth if, in rushing. Yeah, out of if, all quarterbacks and played ten games. Yeah, if uh, if Fields throws for thirty touchdowns, he might be one 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 next year too. Um, 
you're I getting don't even the think he needs to do that to be one on one. But that's my point, though, is People if you're going to throw regression, if you're going to throw negatives on Cam Akers and Justin Fields, you have to those accept two, that for Allen. Those two players are re- replaceable. Those two that you mentioned right now, Fields and Akers. What what they've done so far in their careers are replaceable. Correct. That's yeah, fair. I'd say. Okay. Now, what's what's harder to replace or not or not replace whatever however well, that's you where you got to look like next year what, though there's what, supposed to be five quarterbacks listen, but that that's what it but i mean there was five quarterbacks there was five quarterbacks in 2018 too and only two of them are good works Keenan, only two of them works. are good you know every time and one wasn't suppo- and both of them weren't supposed to be good they both were supposed to suck just like recency bias, yeah. all these wide Very receivers are coming out. <laughs> all these wide receivers are coming out, and they're really good. So now but, everybody assumes all these wide receivers this year are going to be really good. Here's my here's my thing. I think you can just replace. Not, not I'm not saying you you can replace Jefferson, you know, with anyone. But I think you can go out and get like DK Metcalf and 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 make that trade and then go go out and get DK Metcalf, and you st- you'd be happy. I can see where King right. is saying. I think I think the drop off. So the drop-off, we'll say hypothetically, from Josh Allen to the next quarterbacks is pretty heavy. Yeah, go with Allen Where Mahomes. Justin and Jefferson's then... drop-off to the next wide receiver group isn't as bad. So, so like, like he, you could argue that. Here's the second tier. Here's the second tier. A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Samuel, Higgins, Diggs, Metcalf. That's yeah. your second tier in wide receivers. Second tier in quarterback, you're looking at you're looking at Kyle Murray, Deshaun Watson, Dak, Dak Prescott. All of you can also quarterback have... one though, yeah. but, but like that's the, the top six wide receivers. Here's the thing, but, but here's the thing: it, in the superflex, whatever quarterback you're trading for in those tiers, you're gonna overpay. And that's yeah. what this that's this is like. Like Jeremy said, we could look at this next year, and man, that, that I, field I, side is a massive overpayment. Like, um, like I, like I but, told you, what what I told you to do in that trade was get a 2023 second with Josh Allen. I think you do that trade. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Was a contender versus a rebuilder. Like that's the other thing. Like I'm the contender. The other person is the rebuilder. So they were getting those three young pieces. They were getting the quarterback they wanted. You got sometimes you got to get it too, and and that's where I think it would have worked for both sides if there was if you, just a little more. If you would have said, if yeah, but are you still a contender if you lose Justin Jefferson and a camera? That's record? it's exactly why I wanted yeah. one five because one five to me I could have gotten Traylon Burks. You're not, you're not getting and, one five from a rebuilder though. That's why I said get a second. Oh, so they had one one and one seven and two one. If that matters, like there's a lot more pieces into this. You might get two one, two one might uh, work. Yeah, but that's where I was like, you know, because they, yeah. But we we talked a bit under this one, but um, so in those leagues, 10, 12, 14, 16, we talked about different strategies, kind of that that can go there. The deeper you get, or the more teams you get, the better the skill players. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that because I've I've heard other people say differently. They like depth in like a 16 team league, for example, that I'm in, um, I prefer elite players. I think the more elite players you have, the better opportunity you have at scoring more points. Um, again, I, I see, I've, I've talked to people, especially even in this league that are on different sides of that, but, um, I don't know if you guys have any opinion in maybe larger team leagues on how you should attack your roster, uh, creation. I'm in a 16 team guillotine league, not dynasty league, but this year I've come in, bottom five but this year i'm coming in the top five i'm telling you right now i, I but, think depth is very important in, in no. larger leagues that's how i feel i know you said yeah. you feel differently anthony but i i feel in a 10 team league like you'd mentioned earlier you know you can have josh allen you could roster in theory you could roster josh allen you know like 
Joe Burrow and like Dak Prescott. So you know I'll give you I mean? my example. And like, yeah. and like that, that's a team. Those guys are you're not using them. And like I mean, super flex, you might be, but if it's a one quarterback or something, you know, like you're not using those guys. So like mm-hmm. the top yeah, of talent becomes more useful to me. You know what I mean? Like I want the top end guys versus like okay, I'm not starting like Russell Gage in like a ten team league unless you're starting eight, 10 players, you know, unless you're starting a lot of players, like in a 16 team league though, Russell Gage is pretty valuable. You know I mean? He could be your second wide receiver. So like to me that I prefer depth in deeper leagues, but yeah. So what I did was give me the the same as Anthony. Give me the Yeah. Because so this league, for example, has an eight, eight team starter. I have Lamar Jackson. My two running backs are Saquon and Miles Sanders. My four wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Ridley, and Michael Thomas. Obviously, Ridley doesn't matter anymore. And then I got Hunter Henry. So this has been my team for the last three years. The last, the first two years, it was fantastic. It was amazing. Last year, I'm sure you heard a lot of those players on that list were injured. I have nobody else besides all those players I just listed. Yeah. So it's like the ultimate high-risk, <coughs> high-reward. Um. So that's where I was curious as to your opinion, Jeremy. And, and Keenan, what are you going to say on that? That's my Sorry. point with that guillotine comment is every year I go in, I'm trying to get depth. I'm always like reaching for players where I should be taking always the best player available and then trying to flip them. Same thing in dynasty get, if you're getting, I mean, Antonio, you do it every super flex league and it's annoying. You grab a million quarterbacks and you flip them <laughs> the first round picks, you know, and, and it's, and it's super annoying because these idiots pay you, first round picks for quarterbacks like Carson Wentz or Ben Roethlisberger, who is not going to be in the league anymore two years from now. And was that, was I right? I was right. But that's, that's the thing you, I, you always want to grab the value or, or the talent because someone's always going to overpay for that. Yeah. And that's the one league I'll say is super flex where I would never, ever, 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 ever advise to go positions over value. Um, or go the value even if your positions are filled. But quarterback and a super flex, that's where you do it because quarterbacks are always needed. Um, speaking of super flex, is there a certain amount of quarterbacks you guys like to have on your roster? Um, a minimum? Let's say you're in a 12-team league. Is is it like three? Is it four? Is it five? Well, Antonio, you like to have nine. Um, <laughs> I, I, hey, that's, it's only in that league, to be honest. And it was mostly just due to value. A couple every, time of I, every time I go Most in, I only have three. Every every time I go in that league and I'm like I, I need a quarterback. Let me try to make a trade. I look at the, I look <laughs> yeah, at who has them. I'm like I'm like I'm not even gonna bother. I'm just gonna go. Uh, I'll just I'll I'll ride with Taysom Hill as my second quarterback. Yeah, because you know first I mean a first pick minimum for a starting quarterback in my opinion in any super flex. You're not. I agree. Not, not for Big Ben or Carson it, Wentz. It depends not. on the team and and what you need because. Yeah, it's quarterback. That's how valuable it is. Like that's just what I'm. That's things I've been learning. I would move a second, maybe for one of those guys, if I knew it was like going to be early or the class was yeah. good. But like it'd be a second plus something. Yeah, oh. yeah. Once once uh, once went to India, I was able to to get rid of him. Um, three. Do you three 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 is your answer? That's what I was good. Like if it, if it's three good quarterbacks, like if I can get myself three top twenty quarterbacks, I'm happy. If one of them is going to be elite, it makes you feel a hell, hell of a lot better. Um, like I said, I have Fields, Matt Ryan, and Tom Brady in one league. Do I feel great? No. All my other skill positions are great, though. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I tend to – it's either – for me, it's either heavy 
quarterback or you just fade him to an extent and get yeah. like some talent elsewhere and then have at least two. I mean, I want at least two starters, you know, two entrenched starters, not like any question marks around them, whether that's Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr or if it's Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones. Like, as long as I have two starters who can get the job done, I'm okay, but I do prefer at least three and at least one. Keenan's in here twice. At least, uh, at least one, one youthful quarterback who could pan out, you know, like, uh, whether he's good or not, you know, like, uh, Last year, Davis Mills was a guy I grabbed, you know, and now you have a starter who, if you want, you can make the trade because you got four sitting there now. Or if you want, you hold them and see what happens. So I I did that with, uh, well, not not necessarily, but like in startups last year, I drafted Deshaun Watson in most of them because of where he fell. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, most of those leagues, I didn't do too hot. But this year now, I'm pretty stacked i'll be honest with you because of that risk that i had taken and sometimes that just is another way to look at it um you know maybe sometimes the waiting game is the best game i've been in a dynasty league a random one i joined four years ago now i've been last place or second last three of the four years but i've now got myself josh allen joe burrow justin jefferson like you know what i'm saying like i'm slowly building that team this year i'm about to get Brees hall um sometimes it pays to lose <laughs> Uh, all right. Do you guys Free prefer take time? Yeah, they do. That's it's 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 a marathon, not a sprint. If you jump into every single new dynasty league and hoping you're going to win that that first year, like again, you're going to be out of it by year two. Um, just it's marathon, not a sprint. Uh, do you prefer in your drafts for startups? Would you do rookies in that draft, or would you have a separate draft of veterans and just rookies? What do you prefer, Keenan? It doesn't matter to me. I. I I'll I'll I like you I like you lower. Um that's that's your preference. Yeah. How about you, Jeremy? Don't matter. I think as long as the drafts happened, I'm fine with rookies. Um yeah. I've had some startups where you draft rookie picks and then that gets mm-hmm. confusing sometimes. Rookie um, picks. I love that. Yeah, yeah. so like you like, would you would put kickers in, for example, and you draft a kicker, so like it's the fourth round and you pick Graham Gano and that's like the one one. So you're drafting like, yeah, the one one. So you have to figure out what your value of the one one player you think is going to be mm-hmm. compared to who you have around it. Available. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. So, I take my. I take my answer. Definitely back. tougher. Yeah. So like that's <laughs> that's harder for me sometimes. Um, but if the if the drafts happened and that you already have landing spots and kind of scenarios, like throw them in there. Um, it also creates a little bit of good veteran value because people go a little bit too high in some of those, and you can get some good values for vets that will help you win earlier in that dynasty league. Yeah, that's, that's extremely true. And and if you were to do two separate drafts, the reason Keenan, why some people might put those draft picks in collectively is so they can't figure out the draft order. Like some people don't like random. Um, some people don't mm-hmm. Well, in general, if you're doing linear, if you're doing a straight draft, um, there's a lot of different options. You can attack it for the rookie draft. Um, me personally, I do like doing two separate drafts because I just like to, like you just said, Jeremy, it is tough to figure out the value. It's a lot easier to do it with two separate drafts. Um, so I don't know, I'm a big fan of that route and determining my draft order. I like to just do reverse order of the first startup. So like if you had the number one pick in the startup, you're going to have the last pick in the draft um, and then kind of go as a straight order from there, linear. I don't know if you guys have a preference on that either. Nope. The way you would do your – Rookie draft now. All right, I man. That's, so that's no, fair. No, I'm I'm gonna beat you either way. So I don't like random. Yeah, I don't like random. I hate it. Like I'm in a few leagues that they do random every year. Um, 
for the rookie. And I'm like, well, not every year, but when I'm when I do the startup, and I'm just like, I don't like to start like that. That's just not right. Uh, all right, speaking of rookies, we're gonna dive into some of the rookies right now, guys. We're gonna talk about them, and then we're gonna close out the show because we've been talking a bit here for some football. So we'll try to keep it a little bit shorter and sweeter. And uh, first question your, for you, Jeremy. Yes, sir. You see your boy Shakir is moving up the rankings up here. Oh, he'll be Jeremy. he'll be a little little dark horse. We're gonna talk about He's here. Tw- not not too dark horse anymore. Go ahead. Uh, who's Sorry. your one on one, Jeremy? Uh, Brees Hall. Pretty easy. Pretty easily. Yeah, I just think that the production's been there year over year at Iowa State. He's kind of proven. I mean, he's not super exciting. I mean, he's he has the speed. He showed it at the in the forty, but like he's he's kind of a he's not like a home. He's not Jonathan Taylor. I've seen people comp him to that on Twitter. Like he's not that. And is he better than a lot of the guys coming out next year? Probably not. But he's the best one in this class. I think that his situation isn't as bad as people make it out to be. Um, I think he's way better than Michael Carter. So I think it's just clear cut. Yeah, 101 better, at the running back scarcity too. So you better put some respect on Michael Carter's name. I, I like Michael Carter. I liked him last year a lot. Dude, I, just, I, can't, I can't believe they did him dirty like that. I can't. I, I mean I so you have a six you have a six foot two hundred and twenty pound running back sitting there staring him, at you who ran a four four, you know, versus you did him dirty five ten. 200 pound guy who so is his value dead or do you do you nah, think there's a chance for a committee i highly doubt it well, um maybe but i think i think there's a chance for a committee just based on who the coach is and where he's where he came yeah. from that's the only thing that they'll save him yeah i think he's gonna have some very minimal value um you know not anything crazy but you know those idiots traded off for both those running backs yeah Mm-hmm. Oh, they're the Jets. Man, they did. I mean, I don't know. That's just what concerns me. Um, it's just like we, we said earlier, you know, you can have good running backs on bad offenses. I just don't know if the Jets are one of them. Um, so for me, it's been Traylon Burks. A lot of people are going Brees Hall. I just I try I can't bring myself to trade down. I had the one on one in two leagues. So far I've done one of them and I did go with Burks. Um I can't I'm scared to trade down and then at two or three he's taken from me. So uh, but uh, but I see I see Hall. Uh, who's your RB three? Burks is one one for me too. So mm-hmm. really, I see. I like Garrett Wilson when it comes to wide receivers. So you're um, loving the Jets. Yes, oh, I know. J-E-T-S. It hurts. You know, I have to pay love to the New Jersey team. You know what I'm saying? Like you know. Oh goodness! Yeah, only real New York team, baby. Yeah, Bills. Um, RB three is a Bills player. I still like James Cook. Um, I like James Cook prior to the landing spot. Um, I had him in my top five range there. Uh, the class is pretty weak. I like Rashad White a lot, too. I just think that James Cook got drafted for a specific role in the Bills offense. Um, yeah. I also don't think the Bills love Devin Singletary, and they don't love Zach Moss. So there's, a route, Zach Moss. there's a route that he could kind of start to take a lot of touches um, away from those guys and have a pretty big workload. A lot of people are saying that's not going to happen along fantasy Twitter and stuff like that. But I, I can see it. I can see there being a route. Um, do I think it's going to necessarily happen? No, but I just like that. He's definitely going to be involved in the passing game. And most leagues nowadays are PPR. And I'll take that safe floor that I think he's going to see at least seven, eight targets a game. And he's just a, an elite pass catching running back. So, and he's lined up outside even. So the bills are missing in that slot area. Um, 
So he could be their third or fourth wide receiver that they line up outside and they still have Devin Singletary on the, on the field, you know, running both of them. So B did say that he viewed him as a wide receiver slash running back. Yeah. So I can see, so. I can see a route where he sees a lot of opportunities, lots of touches. The offense is high powered and Rashad white would be my tie at three, probably also kind of in a similar situation, but it's going to lose Tom Brady most likely next year. So I'm going to go with the younger quarterback better offense and well does it bother you does it bother you? Well, so I guess, how long of a leash if there is one do you think the bills have on Devin Singletary like what if he's the beginning half of the year from last season uh where he didn't do so well he struggled a lot wasn't very efficient do you think that there's a short leash that cook might be able to take over the full reins yeah. by like a week five or six hmm Yes and no, because I've seen them rotate all the time. You know, we've seen it. We're all Bills fans. You know, they they rotated Zach Moss even when he only could get one yard. You know, they just have had that tendency to rotate. Um, and I think Devin Singletary is more of what we saw in the first half than the second half of the season, yeah. uh, just because that's what he's been his whole entire career. I mean, he had a good spurt there at the end, but I'm not sold that that's his new norm. So I don't know if he'll take the full workload. I do think that you could see like a 60-40 split. Um, but I think he'll see most of the passing work because Devin Singletary proved that. I mean, and that's where he even scored a lot of his PPR points or anything like that. He scored a lot of points in the passing game on screens, et cetera. So I just think Devin Singletary is kind of in. It's a short at the moment. I think it's a short short leash. I I, I think he's one fumble and he does fumble a lot. A lot of them went out of bounds and a lot of them, the team has recovered and he's one drop away from being benched or going to RB2. Because even in that Kansas City game two years ago in um, in the playoffs, he had that third down play where he was wide open. He dropped the little out pass from Allen where he would have gone for 30, 40 yards, and he was about the rest of the game. That happened in the first quarter. The Bills were up 9 nothing, and they were driving the score again. I, I, I don't think they love Singletary at all. I think that, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Singletary. Um, I just don't think there's value for him to trade him. They could. But I don't I think mean, anybody wants. I him. mean, the the Bills have the Bills have done it where they'll trade yeah. a player at training camp and get it, and they'll take a fifth or sixth round pick for him. Yeah. So if they if they don't want to deal with yeah that competition, I think Zach sure. Moss is more likely to get moved like that. In my here's, opinion, yeah. here's my th- well, who wants Zach Moss? But it, you got you got Cook as your RB three, right? Mm-hmm. I got Cook as my RB two. I got Ken That's Walker great. as my number three, baby. Just because Seattle's, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They're they have forty running backs in the backfield. They don't have a quarterback. Um, they're all over the place. I don't see Pete Carroll being there after this year. So the new coaching staff's going to come in. They're going to rip that whole team apart. So who am I going to side with? Am I going to sign with a team that's stable and is is competing for a Super Bowl, or a team that's going to be start start rebuilding after this year? Yeah, I, the Kenneth Walker pick was very interesting. The draft to begin with for yeah. that team, just because of where they're at. Um, but they, they, I still think Kenneth can. Walker can take all the work. I mean, Rashad they, Penny, they quote unquote, are an OTA's overreaction. Rashad Penny already has a hamstring injury, so well, you know what I'm they, saying. And they like, paid Chris Carson though. They paid you know, Chris Carson last year. Yeah, but Chris yeah, Carson, neck I haven't even heard anything since the neck injury. I, I didn't think he was coming back, and I mean, he, did, he, he is, but like and he did come back, didn't he? During, during no, the he season. Didn't. No, yeah, uh, they're worried he might, he might be retiring. So he better not. I got, I got, I got some stocks in him. He better not. 
So I, I, just, I think that there's a, there's a clearer path for Kenneth Walker to have a three-down roll than James Cook, I think. But I agree. The, the offense, yeah. you know, I just don't think Walk- that Kenneth Walker is just a little bit more talented than Walker James Walker can be, can be your Carter next year. He could be. Yeah, he could where, be. Where Cooks can be, you know, a very good option on a very good op. Yeah, and I think the way to look at it right now is when you're drafting, Walker is the home run hitter, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Cook may be the safer one, but also the one you can't see possibly exploding. Like, we can see it. You know, talking about here, going through that, but a lot of people, like Jeremy said, fancy Twitter, they aren't seeing a breakout for Cook, which could be very valuable leaving him at three because I don't think that's going to change. I think that's the three you're probably going to see throughout the offseason. Yeah, where I think they are. a lot of people have Rashad White at three. Oh really? So, you think so? Okay. Yeah. Over Cook? Over oh Cook? yeah, all over Twitter. Is he getting that much shade? He is. He's getting. Yeah. He's getting a lot of love. Rashad, so Cook's, Cook's getting Cook, that much Cook shade. Cook is buried in a lot of people's ranks. Just because you guys got to, you guys like got to remember. Yeah, like Beasley had over 100 catches, uh, multi, almost 100 catches for two seasons in a row, and he's not there. They bring in Will, Jameson Crowder on a one-year deal. Like yeah. that's why they got Cook because it's Crowder and Cook. And if Antonio, Cook, I'll be surprised if Cook doesn't get 50 catches. Antonio, remember. When we drafted Cook, how much shade you were giving him? Oh, I hated the move because I wanted, I really wanted Hall or I wanted Walker. So did I. But the more I got into it, I was like, okay, you know what? He's I, honestly, I, I thought he was very undersized. For some reason, Cook to me looked undersized. So I was like, that's not a guy that could take the three down back. He can't take that work. But the more I look into it, the more I did, you know, fall in love with James Cook and the role he can be. Now my anger just moves towards Singletary's not gone. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to is I, I just want Singletary gone. I, I And I don't mean that – I don't hate the man as a person. I just – I think the Bills can do so much sec- better, and that's their biggest hole. The second the second Singletary is traded, Cook is number two. Yeah, like, but that's that's exactly what I was about to say. Like, think Maybe about number one. What Would he be number be? one? Would he be like, number one? In a lot of – Right now, right now if there was no Devin Singletary, Cook would be number one. I don't know if Jeremy agrees with that, but I really think that it's, like CH, it's literally CH Jonathan Taylor argument. Yeah, his his value is just because he's a little bit older of a prospect. So like the numbers game works against him. So if if you're if you're an analytics side of the Twitter arguments and like an analytics take on the player versus just watching how they play, like his numbers aren't great, so he doesn't look great. Um, even on film, he makes some weird kind of decisions and cuts and just blah type of plays where you're like, you should have went here. But again, I mean, I don't think he'd be one. I just think Brees Hall is just a superior athlete. Um, but I mean, you could make an argument for two because Kenneth Walker kind of just exploded once he got to Michigan state. Like, I mean, he looked okay at, at um, Vanderbilt, but like, it wasn't like great. So like, or wake forest was a wake forest. I don't wake forest. Yeah. And like he exactly that's how gritty he was because I don't even remember where he was. <laughs> like it just it, he was like he had some flashes, but like he really exploded at Michigan State. So was it just Michigan State's offense, or was it Kenneth Walker getting that good? So like there's an argument that Kenneth Walker could be a bust. So yeah. I I don't know. I I feel like one would yeah. be crazy, but also I mean Devin, um, Cooks only like a couple pounds under 200. So, I mean, he could get up to that 210 range where you kind of put him almost at Kenneth Walker's size. So, like, yeah. they're kind of the same player. And uh, speaking of somebody else that's <coughs> a little bit lower 
that was lower on people's boards and is definitely moving it up. The sky's certainly the limit with this person, and that sky more with Kansas City. Uh, I focus on DLF, Dynasty League Football, that website very often for my uh, ADP ranks. He's currently wide receiver sixth, eighth overall in between Chris Olave and Christian Watson. Do you guys think the hype's getting a little too high for Sky Moore? Because we are only in May. Like, this guy's probably going to be like ahead of Jamison Williams and close to Garrett Wilson by the time we get to the start of the season. Like, the hype train hasn't even started yet. We haven't even got to training camp. Well, I guess people didn't learn that, didn't uh, learn anything after a CEH hype train. Um, just because he's on Kansas City doesn't mean he's going to explode. Um, give me Williams all day over him right now. Um, but, I mean, Sure. I mean, you got to replace Tyreek Hill somehow, but there's other ways that Kansas City can replace Tyreek Hill. It's not just got already on the roster. Yeah. What's that? He's already Juju, on the roster. Juju Smith-Schuster that everyone oh. that everyone is forgetting oh, about. You're forgetting you're about somebody about, else. Uh, Mar- uh, Hardman. Yeah. Cool. Hardman. Hardman yeah. Is, yeah. Is the is the but, direct replacement of Tyreek Hill? I mean, yeah. Those two. Those two are gonna probably have better seasons than than uh, Sky Moore. Sky Moore is definitely getting drafted. Yeah, I'm not I don't, a huge Sky Moore guy, but like. Where he's going seems right. I mean, if he gets ahead of Williams and like some of these other more, but again, <laughs> Williams, you can make an argument. I mean, he had to move to Alabama to get any shot because he couldn't win in Ohio State. So, but I mean, ahead of Olave, I don't hate because just because of again the analytics side of it, he is a senior declare, so it kind of works against him according to all of the numbers and how that, that stuff just... pans out. So. I could see that, but I also he's jumping from the Mac to the NFL on a team that is a very complicated offense to learn. So, I mean, yeah, I think he's, it's getting a little crazy. Yeah, I personally, but I'm just not a Sky Moore guy. Like, I, I think he's good. I don't think he's bad. I just I would take him over Christian Watson, but I'm not. I'm not taking him over Jamison Williams, even Olave. I'd prefer Olave personally. Okay, so. That's interesting that you would take him over Watson. Yeah, I think good. Watson's really, really, really raw, and I think yeah. that there's going to be some struggles there. Another guy jumping a big jump in competition, and I mean, we can fade him if we want for just Aaron Rodgers purely because he doesn't like rookie wide receivers. But I just he's gonna he's gonna have to like rookie wide receivers this year. <laughs> yeah, I just like, thing. you know, like there's nothing like, else there. But I mean, Alan Lazar could just be. Devonte Adams 2.0 and just see every target, but like I feel like we would have saw that already if if that were to come, and that's where I would look at Sky Moore and I'm like, dude, you are competing with Kelsey, with Ceh, uh, with Hardman, with uh, Juju, and then you go to Green Bay and it's like, well, you're really you're competing with Aaron Jones, and that's I don't know if that's saying a lot because you know you're saying Lazard, yes, but. MVS never panned out. Lazard has had opportunities last last season just alone with Devontae Adams injured, and he didn't really perform. So I don't know. I I agree with the rawness with Christian Watson. Like he is, it's going to be very tough. I guess that's the place he had to go. Like Green Bay's where he had to go. I think to potentially maximize what he could be. Whether we see yes, it or not sir. remains to be seen. Uh, so we're, let's let's dig, get, dig in a little deeper, Jeremy. Uh, you already mentioned Rashad White, who is mostly a second-round pick now, but but the fourth running back coming off the board, or the third uh, to some people. Now, who is somebody that's maybe even deeper than that, like third, fourth round? Uh, like you talked about Brian Robinson from Washington earlier. Who's someone in that range that you really like uh, that might be coming out? Um, so there, a lot of these guys I feel like are one-year rentals. 
Um, anybody this late, you're talking like a one-year rental just because of how good the class is next year. Obviously, they could not get replaced. There's that option. But I do think a lot of these teams, you might see them replace. Um, you have four to five backs possibly next year that are better than all of these guys. Um, but Tyler Algier is the guy that I think leads this just because of his landing spot. Um, he did do pretty well at BYU. I know he had over 1,600 yards last year, 979 after contact. 69 forced missed tackles and he led the nation or the 2022 class in touchdowns rushing at 23. So there was production. Um, he also lands in a spot that they immediately cut Mike Davis after the draft. So there's obviously a clear plan to use Tyler Algier. I think um, he only has to compete with Damian Williams, who is over 30 years old. And Cordero Patterson, who they've already mentioned that they want to use outside on the perimeter a little bit more than they did last year and saw his running back role get cut down in the back half of this season. So there's a path that I can see to immediate production that will can at least give you a return on a third round pick this season. Um, next year, I think, could be a different story. But I do think that he's a guy that you should probably target just because he is still early third. So if you're getting a starting running back, in the third round, even if it is for one year, I think that's well worth that pick. Awesome. That's good news on Algier. Didn't know a lot of those stats. Uh, what about you, Keenan? Anybody you really liked on? I mean, I know you could talk about your boy, Damian Pierce. That's what I was going to bring up. I, yeah, I know he's going RB5 on DLF at least, but I, I think a lot of people. I, I mean, he's slipping now into the, the third, fourth rounds. I mean, yeah. who what was the coach that they hired just now? The Lovey Smith. Smith. Who's who did they hire from New England? Oh, Casario is the GM. Okay, so I don't know, Coach Wise. Yes, yes, that's that's what I'm thinking of. Now, oh, did they get McDaniel's? Sorry, no, no, Josh. Yeah, where's McDaniel's again? Raiders. Raiders. There we go. What the heck, dude? I'm blanking. I was just talking. Did did you see that? Yeah, never mind. Don't. He comes from. He comes from New England. Their general manager, right? And what does New England have done over the years? They developed young rookie running backs. They have produced Ridley last year, Harris, um, I guess, I guess Stevenson. Yeah. Did I say Ridley? Why did I say Ridley? Uh, it's I have no right. idea. I why? Who the hell is Ridley? Tony Michelle. You could have <laughs> yeah tried to go for. Yeah, I, meant, I meant to say Stevenson, but he is they he has come from a uh, organization that has. Developed young wide running backs. Jesus, I'm I'm on a struggle bus right now, and and he, and Pierce, all he has to do is beat out Marlon Mack and and Rex Burkhead. I told you Pope can beat him out. So this I mean, is he my sleeper. Only had to beat out Lamichael P Ryan and couldn't do that. And we see how that turned out. Listen, this is different. Just gonna say this is different. This is different. This is a sleeper. He's gonna do it. Like you said, one year rental probably. Um, but just, he he has a chance. To be a sleeper and a RB one, not RB one, maybe RB two. But well, they're going to use him so much with Zach Moss. He just seems like a bowling ball. Like he bounces off people. He he plays hard, you know. Gets helmets ripped off, finishes the run. But like, I just don't see. There's so many people that see it, and I can understand liking him, Keenan, even in the landing spot. There are people that liked him before the landing spot way more than I did, and people I respect. And I just I could never get there. I just don't like Damian Pierce. I just don't see it. Um, but like you said, I mean, it's tough to argue. Like you're going with Marlon Mack, second year removed from an Achilles, and Rex Burkhead, who just can't hold the job no matter what. So 
there's probably yeah, so an opportunity we'll he's going to see a lot of work. It's just, and that's all you need in a running back. Yeah. It's a workload. That's it. Opportunity is the biggest thing. You know, the crazy thing is is availability is I've hardly seen him fall to the third. He's usually high second to mid second. And that's where like, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like there's other players I'm taking there, but like if he was to fall to the late second or the third, I'm all in. I I like that. It's just, I'm pretty sure in the super flex league that we just did, he fell into the fourth. And then in, in I mean, tone, oh no, that yeah, that was in one of my leagues, and I know you were very excited to get him in the fourth. I had to like trade up to get him because I was worried that Pulp was gonna grab him. And now that I'm hearing this, I'm a little <laughs> upset that I traded up. Yeah, no, I was never looking at him if it was in the league with me. <laughs> well, and, and, and kind of like you said, big drop off um really after you know Cook, Rashad White, and then it's like who? Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's Hassan Haskins is a guy I kind of like out of Michigan just because he's behind Derrick Henry and coming off that injury at 29 years old. I mean, you kind of could see some potential to get a run there. Again, one-year rental type of guy. Kootenai Ingram was a guy that I I didn't really like before the draft. Landing spot was nice because of James Conner, but now Daryl Williams is there. Kind of muddies the water with that. So those are guys I'm worth taking a shot on just because I think there is potential to have them. A, a contribution this year because after this year i don't know if they will have that well some players uh position that can have a bigger contribution rate would be that uh wide receiver mark and there are a bit of players that show up in the third fourth fifth rounds uh somebody i wanted to pick your brain about that's been rising up the ranks there jeremy david bell from cleveland i heard you just mentioned that you are you think there's a chance that watson's going to miss the whole year that certainly would throw off any shade that I have on, on the David Bell breakout. Um, but he had the most catches, according to ESPN stats, uh, since 2019, the most catches in college, as you probably know, over the intermediate throws over the middle. Deshaun Watson really likes his slot players. And if he's playing or doesn't have a suspension, is David Bell someone that should be ranked higher? So currently at wide receiver 11, I'm seeing. Yeah, I think that the big thing with David Bell is everybody's scared away by the athletic testing at the combine he's um gonna be one of those perfect kind of like players as a benchmark you know like does the combine matter because the tape doesn't lie i mean he has really good hands he's got like these late hands that he just kind of throws them up there and snags the ball it, it makes it hard for corners to get the defense on that style of a throw he adjusts really well at the catch point he does well like you said across the intermediate areas of the field I mean, he's not fast, and it doesn't. It shows on film. I mean, he's not a fast guy by any means, but he's just kind of one of those guys. Almost even, you could argue like that Michael Thomas build, where he just kind of like makes it, he can make the tough catches come across the middle, and he's not going to be exciting after it. I mean, it doesn't really get you much after, but like he's just there, makes those catches, a good safety valve, and I do think he should be a little bit higher I, in this draft. No, in a rookie draft, no. I think he goes early second that seems fair just because the other guys around him but i do think that he's going to give you a good return there um but like you said if watson misses this year it could get dicey but if he does play at all watson i mean david bell could be a a candidate for like a league winner just because at the end of the season if watson comes in and just starts to target david bell a lot um I think that there's definitely that potential just mainly because of the landing spot. I'm really, really, really in on bell. I liked him ahead of time just because of the production. And I think he's a good receiver. Um, But I just, the landing spot really pushed it over for me, for him. I just don't have a lot of him because of where he's getting drafted. So till OBJ, till OBJ signs in Cleveland and 
and then Pope will be, <laughs> Pope will jump off the bell. I, I've been getting a lot. I've been getting a lot of bell myself in the third and fourth rounds. Um, Keenan, do you got a wide receiver that you've really been targeting? One or two that as you get deeper. I feel like there's some low hanging uh, fruit we're missing here. Try to think. Try to think. You go, Antonio, until I until I get one. <laughs> I mean, I've got a few of them that I really am a big fan of. Um, I'm going to leave the low hanging fruit for you because I have a feeling you're going to get it. Uh, but I'm going back to the same team you were, Keenan John Mechie. Going as wide receiver well, 10. Extremely – I don't understand. Like, I just grabbed him in the fifth, man. I just the literally just grabbed him round. earlier today in the fifth round of, of a rookie draft, and I think the injury is scaring people. And then co- combine that with the horrible team they're seeing of Houston, people are like, I'm not even going to bother. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Like, just go watch literally – I'll give you 30 seconds of film on this guy, maybe four plays, just go watch him do and You'll be like, I fell in love. Uh, he looks to me the closest thing to a video game player we have in this draft as far as wide receivers go because he can just turn on and off so quick. Um, I know he's there's potential he's not going to – I mean, he may not even play all season. Like, uh, there's a chance that they just let him go if uh, the season's lost super early, which it probably will, and they don't care to see more because they've invested in him. Who knows? Uh, but, again, fourth, fifth round, if you're being – you know, Jeremy's telling us we got a lot of one-year rentals in that area. Mechie's not a one-year rental. He's going to become something. I, I love John Mechie and the value that you're getting on him. He's a guy that arguably was going to be a high second round, late first coming into this season. And then the value just dropped and kept dropping this off season. And I was like, all right, all right, keep going, keep going. I got him in third in some rounds. Late second is where I was grabbing a lot of them. Um, and I just, there's a lot to like about John Mechie. I mean, he had 620 yards after the catch last year. Um, he had a 56% contested catch rate. So, I mean, across the middle, tough catches. I mean, he's making those plays and he's not the fastest guy. Again, a guy that's not super, super game breaking speed, but he has it. Like you said, he kind of has that shifty bursty kind of change of speed ability that kind of gets guys caught in bad situations and he wins that way. And I really like John Mechie. And I think that people are going to look back and regret not taking him where they could get him in the late second or early thirds. Because, like you said, he might not play this year, but long term, Houston will be on the up and up. I mean, they might be one of the worst teams. They might end up with a CJ Shroud or Bryce Young next year. And Bryce Young lands there. I mean, he's already got that repertoire with Mechie, and that could be just a explosion for John Mechie next year in a PPR league. Man, you are writing off David Mills, huh? I'm just, I like David Mills a lot. I'm not saying yeah. that. I just really don't foresee yeah. keeping him past this season i mean maybe, yeah, maybe he goes out there and he balls out and i i'll be like okay maybe it's just davis mills show from now on and i'm gonna live in it but i just don't know if i see that really happening i i thought you were gonna pick antonio i thought you were gonna pick uh shakir that's why uh, I, so that's, that's a lot hanging that's, that's, that's why i was that's why i was you know i i didn't want to take your guy but i mean someone that's in a offense like like buffaloes and the speed that he brings, and he had a great year last year. Was it Boise State or BYU? One of the two. Um, was it Boise? Boise. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's calling. That's that's sleeper material right there to me. I mean, he's the, the Bills. As much as love as they're getting on the offensive side of ball, they're one injury away from Shakir seeing the ball or seeing the field a lot more than than we're expecting him to see it. Um, they're not as depth they don't have as much depth as we think they do um, on the outside. Um, if Diggs or Davis go down. Um, so that's where, I mean, I, I don't, we don't want to see injuries, not just in Buffalo, but any team, but I think, I think 
Shakira can be a steal. Yeah, yeah I kind of already just well, sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. Oh, you're good. Shakira, I think, is a, is a steal. I mean, there's versatility there. He had a lot of work as well in the run game at Boise State. Yeah. I mean, he tormented the Mountain West up there for a long, for three, four I mean, years. I mean, you could so, tore you could tore up the Mountain West too, Pope. I doubt that. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, I mean, I, I, there's everything that I like about Shakir offense landing spot. I really liked him pre-draft and just like him even better now because I can be a homer and be like, yeah, Bills. He, he's gone but up. Like, he's gone up in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he was, and, he and was, it's rightfully so. I, I think that the landing spot everybody got scared of, and then I think people are starting to realize what you're saying. You know, like there really isn't a lot of depth there on a team that ran a lot of four wide receiver, and that could yeah. change because they brought O.J. Howard yeah, in. Howard. Maybe they're going to go to 12 a little bit more, but like, they're going to 12. Over there. I just you know, there could be four wide receivers. One of them could be Shakir. Crowder's proven he can't stay healthy. Is Gabe Davis's breakout really coming? Like, I mean, he kind of year over year was pretty similar. I mean, he had a great breakout in the second half of the season, like in the playoffs. But like, how much do we expect him to get involved? You know, like, is there going to be more of a rotation than we're expecting? And et cetera, et cetera. So there's a route, I think, that people are missing on Shakir to having some good yes. value, even this year. He and, went from you know, he went from like yeah. late thirties, forty, early forty ranking to twenty ninth now on fantasy pros. Yeah, but I'm just not understanding why it's not higher. Like, so we're we're talking about Sky Moore. Yeah, he was drafted in the second round. I get it, but we're talking about all these miles that have to be fed. And then Khalil Shakir comes in, and he potentially has less miles in an offense that's equally or greater. That's I just I, I'm I'm very surprised that he's not higher right now. Um, I want to talk about one more player though. Jeremy, and, just in case you don't more, steal him before you get one. It's kind of more played in a freaking Mac. Like he's not like you went to like this great college like Alabama or something where you have to give him respect. Hey, and so Tony Brown played the Mac. The he Mac did. and the Mountain West are kind of like the same. But that's like they, my they point. Out there, but those that's, two with that, that that argument. You know? That kind of that kind of helps Antonio's argument though. Like you're both are coming to a great offense. They both got one of the best quarterbacks. There's not that. There's a lot of mouths to feed and feed in both, um, both teams. But Sky Moore's going in the top eight, and Shakir's going in, you know, the third round, fourth round. Yeah, we got to talk about that one. You can, you can make, day. you can make an argument that Shakir should go in the in the first round, and, and Sky Moore, because arguably, the Chiefs hey. have more talent at, at the wide receiving core, even with, hey. with even with Tyreek Hill gone. It comes down to again a lot of the age, the numbers, the analytics. So you know, he's a he's a, another another late declare in Shakir versus a junior declare in Sky Moore. So there's a lot of the the numbers work against it. As much as I hate to be a numbers guy, like you really start looking into some of the numbers on some of those things, and like it's outstanding how like crazy those numbers matter. How like a lot really of the fourth start, year, yeah. Like you start to it. look yeah. at it, like it's crazy how it, it's actually true. You finally there's hardly any outliers, so. And I'm hoping to talk about an outlier that's another senior player. Um, you know, I talked about Antonio Brown going to the MAC, and, you know, he did really well, one of the best ever, while the same team that he played for and drafted him just drafted somebody else. And I'm not talking about George Pickens with Pittsburgh. I'm talking about Calvin Austin. I'm very excited for what Calvin Austin can bring to the table for Pittsburgh, mostly because they are just a wide receiver factory. And they just pump those dudes out left and right. Yes, they had Big Ben for a while. I understand that. But the offense is still going to be the same. And they have a statue back there that's pretty similar to what Ben offered. Uh, but Calvin Austin's 5'8". Might be 5'8 on a good day. The dude is fast as hell. 
He is extremely quick. He doesn't have a lot of the crazy, uh, I'm going to turn it from zero to 60 in a matter of, you know, two seconds. Uh, but he has that ability to do so, especially if you give him space in the backfield. But I just think he has a chance to honestly outwork George Pickens and become that wide receiver three in the slot. And, I mean, he, he went to Memphis where Anthony Miller played. Uh, Anthony Miller showed to be a very good route runner, kind of polished coming out. He just unfortunately got put in a bad situation. I'm hoping that doesn't help happen with Kelvin Austin. Shot in the dark, of course, but third, fourth, fifth round, I start seeing his name. I just got him in the fourth today in that same draft that I got uh, Mechie in the fifth. So I felt pretty good about that. But that's Kelvin Austin's another big player I've been looking at down low. Hmm. Well, that's huge on him. I think he's just a little bit too undersized. He reminds me a lot of just kind of ending up being a gadget type player that. Yep. Doesn't turn out a lot into fantasy value. Um, like Russell Good Gage. NFL player, but Russell Gage is bigger so than that. He blew up the combine. That's the thing. But I, I was yeah. looking at somebody oh, else's numbers that was Gage is kind of similar. Is he? Yeah, he's big, yeah. he's a big dude. Uh so this player, 169 pounds. Kelvin Austin's 170. Hand size nine and three ace for what it works, nine and a quarter for Austin. Uh, but the next two teams, 10, 20, and 40 yard dash. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you here. Um, extremely similar numbers for their 10 yard split, 20 yard split, and their dash. It's Kelvin Austin and Deshaun Jackson. I'm looking at their player profiles, I'm not calling him that, but he actually is either similar or or there to blow him out of the water. I say he doesn't have that zero to 60 speed super quick, but if he can break off of a cornerback, he's not gonna be able to push him because you know, if he gets jammed, it's gonna be really tough. But if he can run a slant route. Or if you can get him in a nice wheel route, or like I said, give him space, he could be gone. And that's what Pittsburgh does really well. We saw Chase Claypool do it last year. I mean, we saw some spurts from Martavius Bryant. You know, we've seen a lot of guys over the years, third wide receivers that were very cool. Um, we just saw I'm blanking on him. They drafted him two years ago. James Washington. Or they drafted him you know, three or four years ago. But they just keep having these retreads of players. So George Pickens is going to be the first one drafted for Pittsburgh. Just keep your eye out for Kelvin Austin. And, Jeremy, I'll let you uh, kind of round us out here with some deep running backs or wide receivers. Yeah, uh, one I, I'm not like I'm not super sold on, but Danny Gray is interesting. Um, out of SMU, 6'186", 738 yards after the catch, another burner. Um, drops are kind of a concern. I'd like an 11% drop percentage, so it's not great. Um, but he lands in San Francisco, so that's also another negative kind of on him. But I think he could be an interesting play. I don't think there's much this year, but in the fifth round, he's worth it. I think next year you could see him kind of emerge in a role, um, depending on what happens with Debo, etc. Um, but a guy that definitely is interesting and is going to be Valsis Jones. Um, I'm not sold on him, I don't think he's great. Another really, really, really late declare, but I mean, he lands in Chicago, um, where. I mean, really, he's competing with nobody. I mean, it's Darnell Mooney. What is it? Byron Pringle. Like, there's a bunch of just no-name guys who haven't really panned out heavily. <laughs> so I feel like Velsus Jones with this good separation is going to be something that Justin Fields is going to really like um, because he does tend to – it's going to kind of be someone similar to what he had in Ohio State, the guys that create a lot of separation quick and fast and can get those out routes. Um, so I just think – He's going in like the fourth and fifth round. Um, and I just think at that point, who else are you really going to get there? Um, you're going to get a guy at a running back position that's going to possibly be replaced. Um, where Velsa Jones might get you some return right away this year. And you're wasting a fourth or fifth round pick that's a real dart throw on a guy that could end up being pretty valuable for a year or two at the NFL level. And 
get you some flex plays or some weekly fill-ins early on. So it's just interesting. Um, I, I really like the wide receivers fall off quick for me in this class. So there's not a lot that I like late. So I'm just kind of like any of these guys that have a pretty clear path to some type of production. I'll take a shot on. I'll take that, man. That's fair. And I, I liked a lot of that info. I hadn't really heard much about uh, Vilas Jones. So I'm excited for him. Uh, hopefully there's a lot of good names you guys were able to just hear too. I know, uh, I think we've, probably talked about 10 plus between the running backs and wide receivers of, of some pretty good value in the third, fourth and fifth round. Uh, I know we talked a lot about just dynasty general. We just hit an hour and a half on the episode. So I apologize. We did go a little bit long. Uh, we actually meant to do this episode yesterday. Jeremy was extremely gracious and courteous to us. Uh, a man who doesn't have much time uh, was able to give that to us. So we very much appreciate it. And do you want to remind everybody else uh, where they can find you? Yeah, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Pope's FFH. Uh, written work is at FTN and Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Awesome, awesome. And you can find me at Antonio Denisi FF, Keenan at Keenan underscore 716, and the pod at Dynasty Mafia F underscore FF. Uh, make sure to check out the website, DynastyMafiaPodcast.network. Uh, if you're checking us out on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, ring that little bell, give us a like, helps us out. Uh, get notified whenever we're on there. See our beautiful mugs. You get to see Jeremy's awesome accoutrement of his jerseys and helmets and everything with that background is looking beautiful. Yeah, got to work cool. on my got to work on my wall. You can't even see my damn jerseys. Yeah, but they're <laughs> cool. I can tell who they are. You got DJ Moore, Kelvin Ridley, and twenty three is. It's a tough one because the blue. Yeah, it is. But tough. it's uh, it's it's Cam Cam Makers. Uh, yeah. love my Cam. It's a lot of um, there's a lot of toilet paper on both of your walls. Rude. <laughs> All right, come on. We'll talk about this when DeAndre Swift's like RB three this year. We'll talk. Oh my god, dude! Everybody on your wall, I'm just, I'm so excited for. I Calvin Ridley RIP, but I'm, I still love you. I Um, still love him too. But, but uh, anything closing out here? (laughs) Anything closing out you got for us here, Keenan? The Warriors are getting blown out. Yeah, man, these players (laughs) sucked, man. Don't even have to watch the basketball game. Keenan's just gonna give you the ending. It's over. (laughs) I've never seen the NBA playoffs this bad. It's just been so bad. It's, I was telling Jeremy the NHL playoffs before this was the same thing. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy how they're doing it, man. We can't um, can't get a win here. Yeah. Um, but no, um, not I got nothing. Um, usually I got some something clever, but today I got nothing. But you know, thanks, Paul, for jumping on. Uh, appreciate it. Um, and uh, Swift better not be RB three because I just traded him. Oh, you're not gonna be happy. All right, man. Jeremy, we, we appreciate talk, you very we much. We talked about that trade. You like that trade. I know. No, I know we did. It was, but um, I like Swift. Definitely we'll save that for another show. Uh, thank you again for coming on, my friend. I uh, appreciate everybody for listening, and we'll catch you all soon. Uh, Mafia out. Mm-hmm.